Good morning, everyone. So today I'm testing my second son, you know, so yeah. If he read well, he will be qualified to come back home and sleep tonight, you know. But <laughs> Joel managed to get in, crawl into bed last night, you know, so after lots of negotiations, because I'm quite precise about the accent, you know, as I'm an Indian, you know, so yeah. No, he's, he's going to help us reading the scripture. That's going to be um, Acts, book of Acts, chapter 17, 10 onwards. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. When they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. The Berean Jews were very glad to receive Paul's message. They studied the scriptures carefully every day. They wanted to see if what Paul said was true. So they went more noble than the so they were more noble than the Thessalonian Jews. Because of this, many of the Berean Jews believed, and a number of important Greek women also believed became believers, and so did many Greek men. But the Jews in Thessalonica Thessalonica found out that Paul was preaching God's word in Berea, so some of them went there too. They stirred up the crowds and got them all worked up. Right away, the believers sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed in Berea. Berea. The believers who went with Paul took him to Athens. Then they returned with orders that Silas and Timothy were supposed to join him as soon as they could. Okay, thank you, Alex. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, morning. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, uh, Lord, we are going to listen to your word. This is your word, and your word is living and active. Speak to us, God and help us to be open, like uh, Wendy was encouraging us, um, God's favor on us, God. And uh, Lord Jesus, as I was listening to that chapter, goodness me, how many times we read that, each time when we read that, Lord, how much you loved us and your plan for us is mind-blowing. Lord Jesus, only through the work of the Holy Spirit we can understand. So, Lord Jesus, this morning we don't want to be distracted with anything, but we want to focus on your word and speak to us, God. And, uh, Lord Jesus, that's going to bring fruitfulness and rootfulness. And, uh, that's not me. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so is it something coming from my side? Okay, keep going, yeah. Good, good, don't worry. Um, um, as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea, okay? So without wasting much time, so we are moving from Thessalonica to Berea. They are, it's, it's not that far from Thessalonica. It's, it's, a, it's a very short distance, the, the travel. I'm not going to measure the distance or anything. Straight to the city. On arrival... There they went to Jewish synagogue. Why did they do go to Jewish synagogue? Because that's the best place for meeting. For example, if you're coming to Sheffield and if you want to meet Christians, you do, where do you go? You 
trying to Google and find a, a place of worship because so, so many people came to City Church through uh, searching on internet, you know, because they know that this is the place people gather, they have the same sort of belief, and they trust in Jesus, and uh, they're breaking bread together. When I'm turning, that's the time the thing's happening. So I need to be like a robotic preach this morning. That is an unusual thing for me, you know. Goodness me, you know, so. Okay, so... Um, but there is some distinctive characteristics of burying Jews were mentioned in the scripture. It's really, really important to look at that one. And it is comparing, unfortunately, <laughs> it's, the, the, the comparison is between two cities. So now the burying Jews were, were of more noble character. And those in Thessalonica, and for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scripture every day to see if what Paul said was sure. As a result, many of them believed and as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek, uh, many Greek men. They, they come to know Jesus. So there is a comparison between Two different cities. It's not that uh, very close cities. Two different characteristics being demonstrated. I was just thinking, why two cities are different? They're both Jewish community, and they all read almost the same scripture. By the way, they don't read NIV or ESV or NRSV, or they don't read King James. They don't have any... The scripture, what we talk about, you know, reading the scripture, they are not talking, we are not talking about this one. Okay, can you hear me now? So you can see that two different cities, two different expression towards the faith. I was thinking when I was in India or when you travel, city, <laughs> city to city respond to. Okay, city to city respond to the gospel in different ways. Some of the villages when I preach, people come forward and accept Jesus Christ, you know, so they decided to follow. But in some cities, you can feel the tension. <laughs> so we look for the fire exit, which way we are going to run. So it, it varies. It's really based on multiple factors. What kind of temple in that village? What kind of political beliefs are ruling in that area? Or what kind of ideology is shaping people's mindset has a, an influence how people are going to respond? 
That's really key. So I believe in the Thessalonians might have some sort of influence from their political view or the interpretation of the scripture. There must be multiple reasons. It might be very different from Bereans also. Not only that, in two categories, one key factor I want to emphasize is faith. And how did, how did they respond to the word of God was really, really important. So the Thessalonians were responding to the gospel in an aggressive way, and they are tied up with the political uh, situation. But the people in Berea has a different response. It's very, very clearly emphasized. They have a noble character. Or they had a generous character. There is a willingness. There is an eagerness. They may not understand all the things, but they are without any prejudice, without any judgment. They are listening to this guy, a guy called Paul, coming and sharing from the scripture. So they opened their heart to receive that. And they received the message with the great eagerness great eagerness. Not only that, they went back and examined the scripture every day. Every day. That's really, really important, you know. There are four things I like to highlight. Noble character, receive the message with a great, great eagerness, and they examine the scripture, and four things, every day. Not when things are right, or when everything is going well, they were doing that Every, every, every day. So, some of the churches might have a name called a Berean church. Oh, we should be Bereans. Having a title never changed our heart. Actually, each time, even this morning, when we come to the Word of God, one of the things really going to make a significant change this morning not the familiarity of your awareness about the scripture, but faith in your heart. What are you expecting from God this morning to work in your life? Or you're thinking, I know this. How are you going to end? And we are going to have a football game. Lord, give victory to England. Then I will go back to home. I need to make some stew for this evening. Then I need to plan my next week. There are lots of things to do after this week, holiday, back to school, this one, that one. But this morning, this is my encouragement. Have a time of prayer and pause and ask God. I want to receive this word with a great eagerness because your word is living and active. So, a cultural reason could be one of the reasons, two different response. Or it could be individualistic worldview towards the scripture could be one of the reasons. So, for example, in the West, when somebody listened to the word of God, individualism has a huge play how they listen to the word of God. Or cynicism is very much rooted in the culture. People won't receive with the openness, always come with a magnifying glass, okay? Rather than trusting in God, not just swallowing everything, 
But God, I trust in you, you're going to use this time to speak to me. So we all have some sort of way shaped, and this morning we are going to respond to the gospel in different ways, individually and corporately, based on how we are shaped and how we are uh, listening to the, the scripture. It has a huge impact. At the same time, all these, all these Jewish were listening to the scripture, you know. So they all use the same scripture. I'm, when I use this one, I'm not talking about this Bible, the Torah and the Moses scripture or, uh, um, or, or uh, Psalms and uh, the prophets, you know, they go back and examine, but two different response. But how did Paul address this issue? He didn't try to demolish the cultural worldview. He tried to go back to the scripture that was his foundation. From there, he's trying to address the cultural issue. Rather than start from the cultural issue and finding how can I do something through the scripture. No, he always started from the scripture and communicated the gospel in a way culturally relevant. For example, if you talk to a Hindu or an Islamic person or an individualistic person or humanistic person, sometimes referring biblical scripture may not work because they receive the understanding of the work of God in a different way. If I go to a street, according to John 3.16, God so loved the world, they may ask a question, which John? My neighbor John, or my friend John, or that famous celebrity John, with John. So we're trying to approach the gospel in a different way. At the same time, our foundation is the Word of God. We stand on the foundation of the Word of God. And then we're trying to communicate. Even when I was looking at the ministry of Jesus, He is the sender of the scripture, it's all about him. He also used the scripture to reveal about himself. I did some research. There are 1,800 verses directly or indirectly connected with Jesus. One in 10, you know, so every 10, one times Jesus referred the old scripture, Old Testament. I was so mind blown by that. Jesus used every 10, one Referring back to the Old Scripture, Old Testament. Referring back to the Old Testament, you know. So if you need a list of that research, or, you know, I'm feel free to email you. Uh, happy to communicate, give you the link, you know. I didn't do the research, honestly. I just found that online. That was really, really helpful. Jesus believed that he was the climax and focus of all Scripture. How did he prove that? Going back to the Scripture, and he revealed, and people responded with the faith, received it. People didn't respond with faith. They took the stone. They persecuted. That's the two different responses you can have. Responding with faith or without faith. With faith, produce something. Without faith, produce something else. With faith, produce faith, life, everlasting life, peace, eternal security, not only that, you will be revealed and see God is glorious. He is victorious. He is sovereign. He 
is in charge. He rules the nations and he created me fearfully, wonderfully for his purpose. My creative purpose is to worship him and follow him. But the other way people respond, now this is affecting my world. This is affecting my kingdom. This is affecting my ideology. I want to be the God and king. Now my kingship is threatened with another king. I won't allow that to happen. They will oppose that. That's the two different response. It's not lack of understanding of the scripture, but the heart matters. That's why these Bereans were noble in their heart, and they receive the scripture with a great eagerness, and they examine the scripture not to trap Paul, not to trick Paul, not to humiliate Paul, not to cancel him, but to know Jesus. The intention behind was not to find how many E's are there, how many was are there, how many thus are there, how many U is there, what is the distance between the, these sentences. Paul said it's 30 kilometers, but according to scripture, it's only 50, 35. He's wrong. No, the intention was somehow we want to know the heart of God. That's why many people do research. They are atheists. They don't, they don't understand the scripture. They can write millions of books about the scripture, but they never receive the heart what God is actually communicating. John chapter 5, 39, Jesus said, You search the scripture because you think that in them you have eternal life. That's the reason you're searching. And it is they that bear witness about me. You search it, but if you don't find me, the whole searching is in vain. Why you don't find me? Because of faith. You are not looking for me. You're looking for something else that fit in within your worldview, that will fit in according to your lifestyle, that will be convenient to your everyday walk, but you are not going to find me. Because when you find me, everything's going to be upside down to make you right side up. That was one of the criticisms for Christians in Thessalonica. You know, they are here turning the world upside down. Everything is twisted for them. It won't work in our community. Kick them out. I love the passage the Emmaus one, one of my favorite passages. There are amazing, you know, I love lots of, uh, uh, you know, so I love uh, the scripture at the same time. Some, you know, so scriptures, I love to go back and read 100 times. I go and read this passage. That's one of my favorite passages. That's in uh, Luke chapter 20, I think 23. Uh, then people, they are going from Jerusalem to uh, Emmaus. Uh, um, is it 23 or 24? I think, yeah, then after the resurrection of Jesus, you know, so two people were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and they're walking 
walking and talking, and Jesus was walking alongside with them. They were sad and hot and everything. You know that story. If you don't know, just please read that one. Jesus walked with them. They didn't know that it was Jesus, and they asked, okay, what are you talking about? They talked about, we are talking about Jesus of Nazareth. We thought he's going to be our king. He's going to conquer this world, and he's going to be the victorious one. But all our hopes have dropped now because he's dead. And we don't know where he is. And they were grumpy, walking, and everything. And Jesus introduces themselves. Oh, not like a, uh, an English or Western way. Oh, really sorry to hear that. Give me a cuddle. Jesus didn't say that. How foolish are you? How slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He didn't say that. Ta-da! It's me. He didn't say that. Look at me. He didn't do that. What did he do? He took them back to the scripture. Can you say that together? The scripture. The prophet have spoken. And Jesus trying to reveal himself through the scripture. Just go back and look. He is the word of God. God become flesh, you know, word becomes flesh and lived among us. Rather than trying to reveal himself through something dramatic way, how did he do it? Let's go back to the scripture. In the midst of persecution, you may not experience my presence in an amazing way, but my word is living and active. In the midst of suffering, this is the place you go back. My scripture. And what did they say? Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? They were scratching their head probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember that one. Beginning from Moses. That's from the book of Genesis probably. And all the prophets, the best Bible class you ever see in the scripture was not foretold disciples. That was for this saddened, failed, grumpy two people going back to their village. But Jesus came back, didn't say, da -da -da, no, let's go back to the scripture. Can you see that? That is the Son of God. That is the Word of God. Word become flesh. He's so eager to go back to the Word. And beginning with the Moses and all the prophets, he explained. Can you say that together? He explained to them what was said in all the scripture concerning himself. Isn't that amazing? Himself. Revealing. Verse 32. They ask each other, where not our hearts burning within us while he, the word of God, <laughs> word became flesh, talk with us on the road and open the scriptures 
to us. Whew. I'm not looking for emotional tinkleness or kind of thing. When, when Wendy was reading that scripture, I was thinking like uh, something God has dropped in her life in the last two days. Even though she read that many, many times, the fire. It's not about the ease and was and it. No, not the context. Actually, she was amazed by Jesus and his plan. That will consume you and that will take your attention from all the other distraction, and you will fall on his knees and say, Jesus, you are everything. In the midst of persecution of suffering, that is the way Jesus revealed himself through the scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teachings. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with the lies or clever. They sound like the truth. How do we overcome that? Scripture. 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 Jesus did that. How much he's encouraging us to do that. This is what Paul did in his ministry. He explained to them, Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Christ, not just through an amazing argument, through the scripture. He was trying to do that one. When he's coming to Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you know, when he was trying to explain the resurrection, he used the main, the same method. Now, brothers and sisters, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 15, 1 verse 10. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. You hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Can you see the word believed? Hold on. Trusting word is repeating. It's really, really important. Not just uh, listening. Nice preach. Nice word. It's all right. Now, how do you respond? Yes. God, I want to trust in your work. For what I received and pass on to you as, on, as of the first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and he was raised from the third day according to the scriptures. So the word become flesh as a person. So the nature of God being revealed through the nature or creation the nature and the behavior or the characteristic of God was revealed through the history. People can find God through history. You know, so recently, Alex was asking a question, Daddy, what will happen to people? They never heard about gospel. They never had the opportunity to come to a, a preaching or anything. What will happen to that one? It's a, you know, just God is not going to fail reaching out to them. God will do that in his own way. That could be different ways, you know. So creation, history is one of the ways. And the, one of the amazing way he did that through the word of God, through his written scripture, you know. So that is why it's so precious to have 
Bible in our own language. We take it for granted. We have 52 different versions. Many people, they don't have. If you go to China, you know, so it's many places are banned. Or if you go to, to Iran, many places are banned. What do they do? You know, at the time of the USSR, Russian, uh, uh, you know, just uh, at that time, the, uh, the other time, people were using, given Bible as toilet tissues. What they did is they preserved it so that they can read a piece of paper for months. And they sustained the persecution. They understood the value of the word of God. They didn't get the privilege of reading the whole scripture, but whatever they got, they cling to that and believing this is the word of God and Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us what his heart is. I'm going to cling to that. But for us, we have apps, we have this one, that one, and we have everything, but sometimes we don't have the time to read the scripture. Scripture is unique. Scripture is God's infallible and authoritative explanation in human language of what it all means in relation to the eternal plan and redemption. How do we know that Jesus came down to this earth? We saw that on the scripture for us. How do we know about resurrection? We read in the scripture. How do we know that Jesus is coming back again? Because that's in the scripture. So God revealing through nature, through history, and he's revealing through his written word. And not only that, the amazing thing is the word become flesh as a person being revealed through the history that is Jesus. Let me go through some of the things why Thessalonians was so annoyed about the scripture because they were categorized as uh, the, the, the turning the world upside down. Why Bereans were so excited because they responded to the same scripture in different way. Psalm 119, verse 72 says, The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. What is this world is looking for? Money, sex, or power control. That is one side. So here, Psalmist says, The law of the Lord, he's flipping it. The gold, the money, the power is gone down now. And the word of God is on the top. Can you see? They're turning the word upside down. You get annoyed. But when you love Jesus, you get thrilled knowing that that's my God's word. Psalm 119, verse 162. I rejoice at your word like one who finds Great spoil. Great spoil. For this world, achievements, conquering things, education, good life. It's nothing is wrong, but they find their identity on things. But the psalmist says, I didn't find my identity on things. I found my identity on him. Things gone down, a person coming up. 
this is the way the gospel turned the world upside down. Psalm 119, 127. I love your commandments about gold and about fine gold. <laughs> It's flipping. How sweet, sweet are your words to my taste? Sweeter than honey to my mouth. The world, mm, food is a big, big thing. Very innovative. But here, the psalmist is flipping. Yes, thanks for the food. Thank you. I love the honey. But sweeter than. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. We think, I don't feel like that. <laughs> when I read the scripture, oh, I went through this one. I went through this one. Oh, nice day. I take the box and uh, I don't feel that. Why is that? When you have a flu or fever, can you taste the taste of the food? Sometimes. Why is that? Your body is affected by something else. <laughs> Your body is in, under the influence of something else. It's not able to function the way Your tongue or the taste but supposed to do because something has an overpowering power over your taste bud. Even if the nicest of the nice food plays in front of you, you can, mm, yeah, it's all right. But somebody eats, oh, wow. Then you think, what the heck is going on? Same food, two different response. Because based on what is influencing your taste, Thessalonians were shaped and influenced by lots of other things. That's why the scripture came to them, they moved towards persecution. That's why Jewish people trying to persecute Jesus. That's why even now, when we say scripture, when we tell about the good news, why people don't like it? Because the influence is different, so people can't taste it. How do we taste it? Coming with the humility and prayer and eagerness and with openness, not as masters. So a hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Ask, seek, knock, it will be given to you. All who are thirsty, all who are weak, come to me and drink. Are you tired, exhausted, worn out? Come to me, I will give you rest. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. The more you trust in the word of God, that will shape you and that will open your eyes to see and respond to the scripture through faith. That's time you see deliverance, healing, breakthrough, or in the midst of suffering, you shout. 
God is good. Some people say healings and miracles and casting out demons, that's for Africa or India. Why don't we see that here and there? It's mainly because the heart issue is a, is a key thing. People, people's desire to receive that one. Or oh, cynicism will block. In many places, Jesus said he was not able to do that one because of the heart of the people. Can he override that one? Of course. But if it, the people doesn't want to hear that, or we have an alternative backup plans, could be NHS, or it could be we have lots of other services available. But if you go to some places, if they have thousands of sheep or hundreds of sheep, and this person ha doesn't have any insurance or anyone to back up, what will they do in order to live? They think and believe God can do a miracle. You see that one. So for us, we have backup plans. Why? Many times, we are influenced by what is going on outside that sometimes stop us rejoicing in the Word of God. Let me conclude. Bereans were noble, eagerness, and they believed, and they tested the Scripture. Character was a really, their heart response was a key thing what they received and how they received. I don't think we didn't talk about Bereans a lot in the scripture. That's the only time. But Thessalonians are coming back again and again. Lots of forms and ways and good and bad. <laughs> Doesn't mean that Bereans were perfect, but they were quite problematic. <laughs> like Corinthians, you know. This is the culturally shaped understanding and theology will be always cause trouble. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. There is no other way that faith comes. That's only through the word of God. Why is that so important to going back to the scripture? Why is that so important? It's in order to enlarge our knowledge about the scripture, actually... That's the only way we can understand the gospel of grace. That's the only way we can defeat the enemy. If you want to overcome the devil, he was, he, because the nature of the devil, the devil is a real and terrible, you know, he's trying to close people blind people's eyes so that they can't see the scripture. If they can't see the scripture, they can't believe the scripture with faith. So that means they live in darkness. They live in bondage. But the grace of God will enable us to see the scripture and believe and we will walk in that freedom. Devil was a murderer from the beginning. He has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. That's why word of God is so important. It will enable us to understand the saving grace of God. It will enable us to walk in that freedom. Walk in that freedom. So I was recently talking to, I don't remember who was that. Forgive me, you know, that person is here. I don't want to reference uh, anyone's name or anything. So that person was talking, uh, oh, who is that? I don't know. Many times people go to deliverance ministry or prayer 
and uh, lots of things happen. For a period of time, they walk in that freedom and gone back to the same problem again. And this person's comment was, it's not lack of deliverance, but that person was not able to walk in that freedom because they didn't go back to the scripture and trust in the work of the Holy Spirit to walk in that freedom. When they fail to do that, what will, do the, what will happen from the enemy? He will blind you and make you in bondage again. So if you want to walk in that freedom, scripture is so, so important. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof and correction and for correction and for training in righteousness. Hebrew chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and active. Shall we say that together? Living and active. Shall we say that together? Living and active right now when you are listening to the word of God. Don't try, don't worry about the, all the theological implication. But one thing you can believe, this is the word of God. I trust in you, God. That matters. And two-edged, you know, so sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit and joints and the marrow and discerning the thoughts and uh, intention of the heart. Brains were noble. The desire, the hunger, the thirst, and they gathered. You will know when, they, when you are in that group. You don't go down, you will go up. That fellowship built unity, strength, joy in the midst of persecution. When you talk to that person, they might be extrovert or introvert. But you can see faith. You walk away, no down, up. In that group, you will know strengthening and building. Because that is the work of the Holy Spirit. That will be reproof. Correction, telling off, not to crush us, but to build. Imagine if the word of God is a matchbox and the spirit is the stick that will bring the spark. Keeping it two different space won't create the fire. What will create the fire? The heat. We need to come and rub together that create the fire. What is that fire? It's not a revelation about that scripture. It's a person that is Jesus. You will be consumed by Jesus. You will fall in love with Jesus. So that's why when you read the scripture, ask the Holy Spirit to come and come with the humility nobleness and desire and speak to him, God, fear over love and forgiveness, forgiveness, greed and self-centeredness, good news, bondage, freedom, darkness, light. That's only possible through your word. So that's why Paul prayed, let the word of God 
richly dwell in your heart. The Spirit of God, the Word of God, come with the desire, the heat to see Jesus. He will reveal to you. Then you will say, when I was reading the scripture, I felt that. When I was persecuted, it sustained me and enabled me to respond with the nobility and hunger and gathering and seeing what God is doing in our life. Let's pray. Jesus respond to the enemy. It is written. On the cross, he shouted the, the scripture. When he taught, he used the scripture. And he rebuked the people using the scripture. Who is he? He is the word of God. Became flesh. And he was pointing to the scripture to reveal himself because without that foundation, we cannot understand the gospel of grace and the manifold wisdom of God. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, enable me to come like Bereans, nobility, with a noble heart, eagerness. And if any kind of virus is killing that taste, set me free, God. The warrior of this world, parenting, singleness, marriage, gold, beautified gold. God, I lost the taste now. Bring me back, bring, bring back me that taste so that I can taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man and woman who trusts in him. Come, Lord. Amen. Let's stand and worship.